Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, let's do it. Hour number two. It's week 11 in the NFL season. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs going to 225 right here on 98.7 ESPN. I'm going to just come out here and say it, Brandon. The, the, the Giants beating the Commanders today would be a disaster. It would be an absolute disaster. I mean, the only way you take this season from being what now feels like a nightmare to being even worse, and I mean significantly worse, is if you start to win games that are meaningless and you take yourself out of position to draft one of the top flight quarterbacks coming out. And I get it. It's a crapshoot. Has to go to the right system. But you want to have your pick of the litter. You want to have Joe Shane, who showed, I guess, has shown so far that maybe he can be a good GM. You want to have Brian Dable, who appears to be an offensive genius, have his quarterback he can groom, he can develop to become the franchise-level changer that you're going to need under center going forward. Winning this game would just be all types of a disaster. Well, as a player, I can't say that. I can't agree to that. I I cannot. I cannot agree. Um, but I'm not sure the Giants is going to take one of those quarterbacks. I, 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 I'm just not sure. I, I, I don't. You know, which quarterback is going to be okay with going? So is people going to really tell me that the Giants' only issue is that quarterback? No, it's not. But when you're – so here's the thing. Because, like, you're right. If we do the, like, autopsy on what unfolded in the 2023 season – the, like the, the biggest cause of death isn't, oh, Daniel Jones showed that he was not worth the contract. It's almost like he is a, a, a victim of the circumstance because of the injuries, because of the bad offensive line, because you didn't upgrade the way that you thought you did with the weapons on, on, on offense you know, at your receivers. And Darren Waller gets hurt. Saquon missed a, a couple games. Um, it, it's really not all his fault. But when you are in position to take a guy who can be a a franchise changer, knowing that the Giants never really were like in love with Daniel Jones. How do I know that? Well, first of all, twice they told us they weren't ready to commit long-term to him. When they got here, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, which was smart. Then after they saw him get them to the playoffs, they built a contract that was four years, but it was really two years. So he's not, in their eyes, a long-term solution. Whereas you can be in position to draft one of the top guys you know, uh, a Drake May, a Caleb Williams, uh, Michael Penix Jr., like any of those guys who would be available to them. So I think that's why it's incumbent upon this organization. The coaches, no. The players, no. But just overall, losing is better than winning at this point. Well, I mean, I don't even know if any of those guys fit what the Giants do. I mean, like, honestly. uh, Well, make uh, them fit. I'm sorry. You got to make them fit. Like You have to. Okay, I mean, it sounds good. It sounds good to make them fit, you know. But still, you, what targets you got there? You got the young kid, Hyatt. Uh, uh, you got him. Uh, who else is there to throw the ball to? Who 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 else? Uh, you got Darren Waller, who's who's hurt. Uh, <laughs> he comes hurt. back next year. Right, always hurt next year. Um, I don't think Saquon is there next year. Oh. Um, I mean, you got Slayton. Uh, Paris so, Campbell, I think that was a one-year deal. That did not look like a, it did not look like it's, it's paying off at all. But yeah, you're right. You're gonna have to need you're gonna need to upgrade the the skill position plays, especially if we're now factoring into the equation 
that you're not going to have Saquon if you're predicting that he's going to go elsewhere. Uh, <laughs> like there's, I there are a lot of holes just, to fill. I just don't see them bringing him back. I don't, just, I don't see them bringing him, unless they want to bring it back as another one-year option and give him the same type of money they gave him this year. He'd probably take that, but long-term contract with lots of guaranteed money, I don't see that. I don't see them doing that. Is he worth it to To me, I would probably do it if he could stay healthy and if he was on the team that was going to compete. Absolutely, I would do it. But yeah, team I mean, isn't going to compete. You just don't have a lot of weapons. You might have to bring him back just because on a, on a franchise tag just because like you need to, especially if you're drafting a young quarterback, it's it's – I mean, it would be malpractice not to surround him with talent, right? Like Slayton, Hyatt, you know, Wandell Robinson, Sterling Shepard. Like you, you need you, you need something. You need some juice, and the Giants just don't have that. The the Waller trade is looking like a, a, just a complete flop because he was always hurt prior to him getting here, and now he's hurt again. It, it's just no. like, it, it's everything no. that could go wrong has gone wrong for the Giants, and you're just looking toward the future trying to you know maintain confidence in this current regime and hoping that you can get your guy in here next year who they love and he could become the next you know Eli Manning if you will um now those decisions that GMs make by going out paying guys a lot of money to come in and play and they in a in a history shows a bunch of injuries now that's do stupid decision but they also can go out and pay a guy who can come in has never been hurt, and he could end up being hurt all the time. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, this stuff is a, it's just a, it's just luck, man. The whole thing is luck. They hire these people, they pay them all this money, and all of this stuff is luck. Who who had one of the best draft classes that I've out of any GM that I've ever known was Jerry Reese. Bringing in Aaron, bringing in Amar Bradshaw, Kevin yeah. Bars, Aaron Ross, uh, you know, Jay Alford. All those guys had something to do with our Super Bowl as youngins, as they, you know, they first year in the league, right? So that's a pretty good draft, you know. But you got people, you know, that that doesn't really do as well. But that that was the only year that I give credit to any GM for having any kind of draft because I seen that I seen the I seen the success from those players. Yeah, and you know, it, it, it's something that is going to be important going forward because you you look to and I think the Darren Waller trade was more of desperation seeing what they had available to them last year just wasn't good enough so you you go get him for a third round pick you think that if he can stay healthy with Daniel Jones his offense could get cooking and rolling and then you have something going for you but it just didn't work out here was Mel Kuyper Jr. on ESPN radio said he would not draft a quarterback if he were the Giants if it was Daniel healthy and still going through the struggles because of that team not being very good around them, I'm sticking with Daniel Jones. I, I like Daniel Jones. Really? Uh, I do. I liked, I've always liked Daniel Jones. I'm not going to jump off and say now all of a sudden because he didn't get any help. And then, of course, the injuries and the struggles because of the supporting cast. You have to live. That's the great thing about what we do in terms of the draft. Once you make a call, you can't say, well, I'm going to change it a year in. Like I say, what does complicate it is the injury. And you better have somebody ready to go that you don't lose the first five five, six, seven games when he's not in there. The thing is, you're losing. If you do take the quarterback, you do not get Marvin Harrison Jr. As I said, you could make an argument as the best player in this draft. But you can't just like dismiss, oh, the only thing, and obviously I love Mel Kuyper. He's awesome. He, he's an expert in, in, in this game. But you can't just say the only thing is the injury. We've seen three significant injuries. We saw the neck injury twice in, in three years, and now he's torn his ACL. 
And whether you want to blame him or not, Jones did not have a great season. In fact, if we're being honest, we've never actually seen Daniel Jones have a great season. All of the optimism was based on projecting what he could become because of the head coach, who some people are now questioning, and all of the weapons, who somehow looked better with Tyrod than they did with Daniel Jones. So again, I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying, going into year six, you still want to be having the same questions? If you're Brian Dable, recognizing that after, yes, you did win the coach of the year, but after a disastrous season, next year you might be on the hot seat. Like, you have to get rolling, and I think it would be foolish not to take a quarterback. That would be the height of insanity. So so this expert, Mel Kuyper, let me tell you guys something. <laughs> Mel, Mel Kuyper is the same guy who, who, who said that uh, – he would not take Kelvin Johnson as a wide receiver until you take him and make him a tight end and 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 and, and let him stretch the field. Not understanding the tight end has to block too, right? And Kelvin Johnson could quite be could quite quite frankly be one of the best wide receivers to ever play the game, right? So he he said that he, that that came out of his mouth. So I, I don't take anything Mel Kuyper says any as any expert. He's been wrong tons of time too, just like all of these other GMs. Then taking day, I mean, I, and 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 I like Daniel Jones. I'm not going. I'm not going to jump off the day, you know, the day, the Daniel Jones wagon. I just understand that our team isn't quite where it needs to be. Our offensive line is is is, is poor. Our, they 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 giving up all types of, you know, got all types of different pressure on on any quarterback that's back there. So I cannot just point the finger at Daniel Jones. I can't just say I'm gonna go out and take one of these quarterbacks and. And three weeks into the season, we're going to start them and, and we're not going to bring Daniel back. I, I just can't do that. Yeah, so I, it's not just about Daniel Jones, as I mentioned, but it's about where you are with the abundance of talent projected to come out of this draft. Now, if this were a draft where it's like, yeah, we don't really love any of these quarterbacks, then you can make a case why coming back with Jones would make sense. But, I mean, that to me would be a colossal mistake. By the way, here was uh, your former teammate, teammate Eli Manning was on the Marshan and Uron podcast and he said the Giants agreeing with uh, Mel Kuyper, uh, Kuyper Jr., a guy who Brandon Jacobs is not deemed to be an expert. Uh, Eli says the Giants should stick with Daniel Jones. Last year they made a decision. They saw Daniel Jones. They're around him. They had him for a year and they trusted that he is a kid that has a bunch of upside. He's still in the first year of the offense played extremely well. He can run. He's tough. He can make the throws. Unfortunately, this was a tough year, you know, with injuries, with this, the way it, the way it went. And so I think you still got to trust your quarterback. He's going to come back. He's going to be healthy. He works hard. He's a great teammate. He does all the intangibles things really, really well. And I think they, you know, got to trust him, can put some guys, get help around them and continue to grow with these teams. I think when you sign your key guys to contracts, Saquon, Dexter Lawrence, Daniel, you know, sign a Waller, like you put these guys, you keep got to adding guys around them and, and fitting it. You know, you don't just say, hey, switch it up right away because you have one bad year. You know what I'm not doing? And I got nothing but love for Eli, man. Shout out to him and Peyton. They do a great job on the Manning cast. It, it, it's awesome. I know that's your, your, your former teammate. But here's the thing I'm not Hold doing. On, Ty, Ty, watch yourself now. No, I, I'm going to keep it a stack because that's what we do. What I'm not doing, and I'll disagree with Eli from this standpoint, who knows more football than I'll ever know. So I, I'm never going to come at his acumen. What I'm saying is if I'm Shane and Dable and it's New York, we like there is an urgency factor here because of how bad the season has been. I am not with my job potentially on the line trusting Daniel Jones to come back from multiple injuries. I, I just can't do that. 
that 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 would just be foolish that would make no sense and it would be worthy of me getting my job and me, me getting fired like that doesn't make any sense so i gotta disagree like i get the whole team chemistry he works hard and he loves his team i get it but fam i'm, I'm trying to save my job and i gotta make the, the the decision that is best for this organization going forward well i gotta agree with eli man Jay, you know mel kuyper is no expert in my mind because i've seen him make many plenty mistakes and plenty pr- predictions that didn't work out but i do agree with him here with daniel jones i mean i'm taking my chance with daniel jones before i go out and draft anybody that's just me i'm gonna take marvin harrison and i'm gonna uh, and we're gonna work and we're gonna get better that's what i that's where i'm going with, with my first pick if i'm the Giants. but we've been saying that for five years now he's gonna get better and, and he's shown that he's gotten better incrementally right. we better. also been saying the offensive line is gonna get better in five years too they they've been talking about the offensive line for, for the last 10 years absolutely. nothing has never changed absolutely so i mean the but the guys that you're trusting to 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 put together a solid offensive line are the ones you're going to be trusting to They'll put weapons around Daniel Jones and to help him get to whatever his next level is. I just don't think that it makes sense at this point of his career. We're going into year six. Like, this ain't year two. It's year six. At some point, you are what you are. And we just got to accept that. Maybe things could have been better, but it's just not happening right now. And if I got a chance to reset and get a quarterback on a rookie deal who I love in this draft— when I've seen Brian Dable take a guy like Josh Josh Allen and get him to his apex, who all of a sudden doesn't look like the same Josh Allen now that Dable's gone, if I got a chance to do that, that's the direction I'm going in. Well, take Shador Sanders the year after. I don't think this year is a good year to take over. I just don't. I I, I don't think any of these guys are that great anyway. Like people keep talking about they be franchise changers, and I don't think any of these guys in this in this draft is that great. They're not that great. I mean, Michael Penix Jr., like, he he's good. Caleb Williams, he's dropped, what, last three games. Like, he's yeah. not – you know, there's not no – there's not any quarterback in this draft that, that that you got to have. Like, we making it seem like these guys are generational talent. They're not. They're are not. They, are they better than – No, they they're not. they project to be better than what Daniel Jones has been so far? project and actually going out and doing something is totally different we keep projecting stuff every year and stuff never projects the way we project it yeah but part of that falls on the organization and their inability to tap into whatever the potential is of the quarterback you drive so you're hoping that the giants can find a way to get whoever it is that they drive to that level and make like, some of some some of it is on the player right like like zach wilson is a guy who i just think just doesn't have it but there are other situations where you look at it and you say maybe if the quarterback had gone to the right circumstance, he could have been much better. And you outlined it with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. That's still early, but look at the differences as far as like the situations that they both guys found themselves in. Right. You know, it's just like for me, the Giants had an opportunity to have a quarterback and they let him go. Yes, they made a stupid decision by starting that guy over Eli for that one game. But oh, the Giants should still have Geno Smith. Mm. That's they a should whole still have Geno co- Smith. <laughs> That's a whole other <laughs> conversation. 
Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. All right. The of the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN brought to you by Bullet Frontier Whiskey, an official whiskey partner of the NFL. Please enjoy responsibly. Must be 21 or older to call. Let's hit Bill and Brick. What's up, Bill? Oh, it's a pleasure, extreme pleasure to talk to Brandon Jacobs. Brandon, How about me? What's up? Just, just Brandon Jacobs? <laughs> God damn. Oh, my. Brandon, let me tell you something. It would have been an extreme pleasure to see you run behind that line of the Steelers. I know you're giant for life. My God, you were a beast. The Steelers had a pretty good offensive uh, infrastructure, I I would say, when I played throughout throughout my years. You know, I I don't think I would uh, go back and do it all over again. Man, I'll tell like you, you were the best man. running back I've ever seen in a Giants uniform. And Ooh, that's, that's big. Ex- that's love. No, it's you and Tiki, one, two. And I give you one. Uh, my question, though, is. I think you're better is, than Tiki, though. Were, I, I think you're better than Tiki, Brandon. Only different running back. I would have loved to rather have seen Brandon behind the Steelers line because you would have pounded them. You would have rushed at least 150 yards a game. You would have at least had 20 touchdowns a, t- a season. It would have been a, a pleasure seeing you behind Dermonte Dawson, Ben Roethlisberger, Heath Miller. You would have been a beast. Man, that's some beast. good numbers you're giving me there, though. That's great numbers. <laughs> well, you, we, have, we, have, we had met the ball. That's almost two grand. Numbers. You would have hit it. You would have got it. You were like the next, to me, the next bus. You could have been driving yeah. the beast, you know. I, oh, it would have been great seeing you there. My well, question man, I appreciate is, you, man. I appreciate you. What do you think Najee Harris is going to do against one of the good defenses in Cleveland? The big game. I tell you what, he got his hands full because that's a defensive line. That's one of the best defensive lines in the league. In and the league, Kenny Pickett just, ain't no good. Hmm. Oh I'm yeah, the quarterback. Yeah, Pickett. yeah, yeah. The quarterback is below average, but you know, not Najee and I, I and I think they've been good running the football, but I. I don't know against this team with a bad quarterback. quarterback. It's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough to get him yards with you know with a bad quarterback. I got Najee in in, in fantasy, uh, and, and he hasn't really done anything for me. That, you know this year. I guess that's due to the quarterback play. I mean, Darius Smith, Miles Garrett, uh, Tomlinson. Like it, it, that's that's going to be a tough matchup for him today, and it's, it's a big game uh, for both teams. Obviously, coming in at six and three. I guess not out of the realm of possibility would be, and I would say more for Pittsburgh because they didn't just lose their starting quarterback, though. I mean, it wouldn't be losing much. But now that the Browns have lost uh, Deshaun Watson for the season and they're going with uh, Dorian Thompson today, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, uh, to get the start, who actually looked pretty good in preseason. Yeah. Know, beat the Jets. Yeah. Um, the Ravens got that win on Thursday night, so it's a, it's a huge win for them. And they improved to what? What are they now? Eight and three on the season. Um, so with Pittsburgh, I'm trying to pull it up. Yes, they they improved to eight and three on the season. Uh, with Pittsburgh having the win against Baltimore in their back pocket, I mean, there's still a chance they could win the North. As, as crazy as it sounds, because Lamar might be the MVP of the league. We know the Ravens have a stout defense. They just lost Mark Andrews for the year with the ankle injury. But it's a big game for Pittsburgh today, man. Like, they get this win, you you could be looking at it. T- I, I wouldn't pick them to win the division, but it's definitely within striking distance. 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely within striking distance. It's a really close division, one of the best divisions in football. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you never know, you know, what can come out of it. I think Baltimore going to hold on to it, but I think it's going to come down to the. I think it's going to come down to the end of the season, though, all the way to the end of the season, for, you know, for it to be clear on who won. Uh, they, they they got their hands full. And know, the Ravens. And, and, and uh, you know that's what I'm saying. The Ravens got their hands full, but I. I think they'll be the team to pull it off. And they got a tough stretch coming up here. They'll play the Chargers uh, next next Sunday night, Sunday night football. Then they've got the Rams after that. Should be a win. But then following that, we'll see what version you get of the Jags. But they're in Jacksonville to take on the Jags. They're in San Francisco to take on the Niners on Christmas Day. Then they've got home games to wrap the season with the Dolphins and the Steelers. So, I mean, you know, losing Mark Andrews, that 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 is a huge injury. Uh, you just hope that OBJ can stay healthy. He's coming off a phenomenal performance. It was just like his first 100-yard game in like four mm-hmm. years or something like that. Uh, but you could just hope that they can keep their offensive weapons healthy because we know as good as their defense is going to come down in the playoffs to whether or not Lamar can make throws. And if he's got his assortment of weapons out there outside of Mark Andrews, uh, he'll be in pretty good shape. But it's just fun. Can I ask you this real quick? Is Mike Tomlin right now your NFL Coach of the Year? No, who you got? Because he's, he's he's doing this. They they were and above five hundred. And Campbell, man. But I, come on, no, come but, on, man. They were expected to be good. Like, is it <laughs> shocking to me that? Like, are you shocked that the Lions are seven and two? No. Yeah, I'm shocked that the Lions are seven and two. No, I'm absolutely people, shocked that they're seven and two. People were saying they were a dark horse to win the NFC. Like, they were clearly in, in Tier 2. Like, behind San Fran, Philly, and Dallas, it was like, all right, Detroit. Maybe that's that next team up in the second tier. But with – and this is no disrespect to Dan Campbell. I think he's awesome. And, you know, what he's been able to do rebuilding that organization, uh, they started 1-6 and six last year. So they've had a lot of momentum since, you know, the second half of the season uh, of last year. But uh, with Tomlin, man – like their 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 offense is terrible, and somehow in what you just said could be the best division in football, they're a game out of first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that that's definitely that knowing how to put it, you know, knowing how to put things together and make it work. You know, that's what I call it. But I, I, I Dan Campbell is in in my mind, no doubt coach of the year, man. I, and I, I don't see anybody else even close to him. And other names we do have to throw in there, D'Amico Ryans uh, taking over the Houston Texans. That's been a hellhole. He has to be getting consideration because I think, I mean, the Texans, uh, we're looking at them as a a sneaky wildcard team. They could absolutely win that AFC South division. They're hosting the Cardinals today. The Cardinals, I I get coming off of what what I thought was a bad win last week. You want to get the highest pick in the draft. But Kyler Murray's back. Uh, So Houston just beat Cincinnati. On a game-winning drive, C.J. Stroud's been awesome. 15 touchdowns, two interceptions. And then you got the Jags hosting the Titans, a game they should win. But that's going to be a fun, fun division race coming down to the wire between two really, uh, I, I think, two teams that can be really good with the Texans and the Jags. But D'Amico Ryans has to be on that list as well. Oh, absolutely. I think he's done a great job. Rookie head coach with a rookie quarterback. Just on there putting things together and 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 – trying things and it's working you know so i definitely think he should definitely be in the conversation uh no question about it because all the things he's been able to do as a rookie head coach you know not knowing what you're getting in the dream 
you know, just just in in the job that they've been able to do. So, yeah, he, de- he definitely has to be in consideration. And then to me, rounding out that list while we're here would be Kevin O'Connell. The Vikings started one and four. Uh, they eventually won a couple games, but lo- lost Justin Jefferson. He's not going to play today. He's still dealing with that hamstring injury. Uh, I believe this is week six now of him dealing with that. Then, of course, losing Kirk Cousins. And they just keep on winning. You bring in Josh Dobbs, and he's cutting defenses up. Give credit to the offensive guru that is Kevin O'Connell being able to have uh, this quarterback come in who they got for a sixth-round pick at the deadline and get some unlikely wins uh, on the road in games. And they were uh, right now still in the thick of things in that playoff race in the NFC. And, of course, Kevin Stefanski, who's had – Best case, I guess, was was Deshaun Watson in the lineup. But Deshaun, when he's been in the lineup, has been bad. And, of course, he's missed a couple games, and now he's going to be out for the rest of the season. So, the, to me, the those biggest waste, the, the biggest waste of money in the NFL history. Man, how about the that? Biggest, the abs- I'm happy the guy me, – me speaking from the player perspective, I'm happy he, he, he got that because more people need fully guaranteed contracts. But from the media that all the players hate, he's absolutely the worst the worst decision that the Cleveland Browns could have made to give a guy a guaranteed contract and he's not even he's haven't even played a full season for you. Two hundred and thirty million guaranteed. Would he play six games last year? They went three and three. And then this year he's been in and out and now he's out for good. They also lost Nick Chubb for the season. So it's just been four, bad. He he played three, maybe three, maybe four or four games already this year. Yeah, just just terrible, terrible. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. Michael K. Show holiday party returns on Friday, December 8th at your mother's house in Garden City Park, Long Island. Plenty of giveaways for fans in attendance, including ticket packages from the Jets, Knicks, Rangers, and Islanders, plus special guest appearances by Amani Toomer, who you just heard on New York Game Day with Anita Marks and Mike Tannenbaum, Rick DiPietro, you can hear every morning with my guy, um, Dave Rothenberg, 6 to 10 a.m. And more. So mark your advent calendars and get ready to spread some cheer at the Michael K. Show Holiday Party. That's Friday, December 8th at your mother's house in Garden City Park, Long Island. Brought to you by, here we go, the New York Islanders, Jake's 58 Casino Hotel, Yingling Traditional Lager and Flight by Yingling, the perfect beers for the holiday season. Security Dodge, visit securitydodge.com and come get some of their selection and benefiting the Garden of Dreams Foundation. 800-919-3776 is Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs. Uh, let's hit Anthony, who's in New York, has been waiting patiently. What's up, Anthony? Hey, what's going on, Ty? How you doing, man? Doing well, man. What's going on? What you got cooking for us? All right. Uh, just wanted, oh, Brandon, pleasure watching you play, man. That other call is right, man. Like, you were watching you play trucking people was like the highlight of my Sundays. I'm a Jet fan. My wife friend's a Giant fan. It was seriously the pleasure watching you, man. So thank you man, for all I those appreciate years. you. Thank you. You're getting a lot of love today, BJ. I am, man. That's awesome, man. <laughs> Made me feel good today on the radio. That's right. You got some men need it sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's, worth, it's, it's worth getting on a deal with Ty today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ty, I took your advice today, too, man. I took uh, straight up. I did a little 50 on uh, the Jets and Raiders. Uh, that's not mine, man. Don't be going up. Go see see what happens. Yeah, right. People listening to the Raiders yeah, are right. your advice. That was not my <laughs> advice. That was not my <laughs> advice. Your man's Brandon Jacobs pulled up today. He picked the Raiders, who were 14-point dogs to beat Miami. 
picked the Jets, who are eight and a half point dogs to beat Buffalo. I mentioned um, our, our program director, John Winthrop, simply said, if you are, if you want to go in that direction, put them in a parlay. Here's the payout. Don't be having the masses thinking that this is me giving advice. So let's correct that uh, real quick. Crazy. Uh, it's crazy, but you know what? If they win, I got, I'll buy you lunch. How about that? All right, good for you. <laughs> so, you know, this is my first year, you know, buying season tickets to the Jets, and, you know, it hit me hard. I was at that first game, and, you know, when Zach was playing, I was at that Chiefs game, and he that's when he woke up, right? I think everyone agree on the Chiefs game, he woke yeah. up, and there's plays where, you know, he looks like Mahomes-esque. Like, there's, like, sidearm plays, like, he can wing it. You know, and then it gets to the end zone, and this is what drives me nuts. And I don't know if it's him or the play calling, because we have a star running back and a star receiver, right? Like, I don't understand why they don't consider doing, like, more power runs, you know, play action to kind of draw, draw the defense and, like, you know, more, you know, quick slams or, like, option routes. They're not doing any of that, and it drives me nuts in the red zone. I want to, like, I wanted to get you guys' take on what is happening in the red zone, because the kid can play. It's just he's – it's the red zone's the issue. I don't get it. Yeah, well, I appreciate the call, Anthony. Brandon, you know, you had your, your fun in the red zone, so what, what's the deal with the Jets there? Outside of just penalties and him turning the ball over, well, why is it that it's, it's so hard for them to get in? There is no other reasons. There is no other reasons. They get down, they, they work hard to get down into the red zone, and when they get into the red zone, they start having these mishaps, these holding calls, you know. False uh, starts. False starts. <laughs> Uh, stuff like that, you know, and that gets them out of the red zone and put them in field goal range. You know, like that's what it is. They do everything great until they get to the red zone. And that's when everything starts to happen. They get a little bit nervous. They get a little bit more nervous and penalties and start jumping off sides and, all, like, I mean, false start and, you know, stuff like that. So that's what the killer is for the Jets, in, you know, in the red zone. Yeah, mistakes it's amazing and and in between the 20s uh, they are very effective to start the season they couldn't move the ball now they're moving the ball they get to the to the red zone and to me like the most damning thing is not it's not even kicking field goals when you should be putting up sevens it's the fact that on multiple occasions especially in that chargers game we saw them get to 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 the red zone and then because of penalties and bad sacks, knocked them out of field goal range. That's essentially a turnover, which, which cannot happen under any circumstance. Quickly, uh, I, I want to play this for you because I was driving into the studio and I was listening to New York Game Day. Uh, Jordan Runon was on with Anita Marks, Mike Tannenbaum, and Amani Toomer. And the question was asked to him, what changes will happen for the Giants this offseason? Here's what he said. I think the coaching staff will get shaken up a little bit for sure. I, I, I do see that. We definitely, you see things that the cracks are starting to show, right? I think that's one of the, the, the main changes that are going to be made, you know, from a ownership standpoint is that they'll agree that some of these, uh, the coaching staff needs to be changed up and then we'll sort of move from there. And obviously the quarterback position, Mike, is going to be the big, big discussion. They didn't think they would be able to get a quarterback, uh, a quarterback, a young quarterback. And Daniel Jones now has a significantly larger injury history, two neck injuries, and is coming off an ACL. Ideal roster construction in today's NFL is you know, get that young quarterback on the rookie deal. That That's sitting there staring you in the face. I think that'll be something that John Mara and Brian Dable and Joe Shane talk about and probably pull the trigger on. So you think the the, the quarterback, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, changes to the coaching staff will, will be what this team needs going forward, Brandon? 
Absolutely. I think the offensive coordinator definitely because I think Coach Coach Dabo has had his number of games where he's taken over the offense and calls, you know, and calling plays. So I think that will definitely be one of the changes that the Giants will definitely make it, make is in the offensive coordinator uh, area. Quickly, before we hit our pick six segment, let's hit Dave in the car who wants to weigh in on the Giants. What's up, Dave? Hi, guys. <clears throat> All right. Longtime Giant fan. Watched the Giants by my father's knee when I was little. Um, and I want to just weigh in on what you guys were discussing regarding Eli Manning's support of Daniel Jones, because I think it must be remembered that it was Daniel, it was Eli who, bearing in mind he was the voice of the franchise, the face of the franchise, a Hall of Fame quarterback, two Super Bowls in his pocket, who told Gettleman, this is the great kid, he was in my camp, he's going to be the next franchise quarterback, I want to hand the baton to him, and he's the one who you should draft. And they took Eli early, and I uh, before they could have gotten him later in the draft. And I think that you mean Daniel Jones. Point, you mean Jones? He, yeah, yeah, Daniel Jones. And I don't think he can give an unbiased opinion now because he's kind of boxed in on supporting him because the franchise took him based on his Eli's endorsement. What did you think about that? Appreciate the call, Dave. Maybe there's something there. Obviously, they 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 had a, a bit of a relationship and. Daniel Jones sometimes the the mannerisms and the way he behaves himself it feels like he's a, a spitting image of Eli Manning, and I also do think you, that I, just look, I also think that um, like Eli's a player first, he's a quarterback, so he's going to always look at it through the lens of the quarterback, especially with a guy he likes. But go ahead, what were you saying? You know they got they got relationships with a lot of the young quarterbacks because they do they Peyton they you know yeah. they Manning passing academy yeah. they build these relationships with a lot of these guys so a lot of these college quarterbacks we looking at now that's out there they went there mm-hmm. you know they 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 had a chance to work with Peyton and Eli throughout the time and Daniel Jones was one of those guys and I guess he's his characteristics and his you know his demeanor and everything the way he handled himself I guess think might, may have jumped out to Eli and he created a liking for the guy and that's why he he, he does this but I, i'm on board with eli with, with giving him another shot though now back to the ty butler and brandon jacob show on 98.7 espn six games six picks to the house pick six touchdown this is the pick six all right let's do it six games against the spread We'll go toe-to-toe. Sometimes we're in a lockstep. Other times we were not. But let's start in Cleveland. The Browns just lost their starting quarterback, Deshaun Watson, for the season. So Dorian Thompson-Robinson is going to take over. Uh, it's funny because we don't know just how much of a downgrade this is. Watson was not good. They're being led by what is a stout defense, you could argue. It's the best in football, especially with the guys they got coming at you. Miles Garrett. It's Darius Smith. I mean, it, this is a team that's loaded on that side of the ball. Meanwhile, you have the Steelers, who somehow, some way, uh, through the first like eight games of the season, they were getting outgained, but found themselves to be five and a uh, five and three. Then they won last week, and now they're six and three with a good shot to still compete for this division crown. Already having that um, win in the bag against the Ravens. So uh, I got the Steelers in this game. Fanduel tells me. That they're getting points, two and a half points. 
So I'm going to roll with the Steelers, plus two and a half. I think they'll win this game outright. It'll be very low scoring and ugly. But Mike Tomlin, once again, is going to figure it out. And I've got Pittsburgh winning this one. Well, that's very interesting. <laughs> I don't. I don't have Pittsburgh winning. Okay. I got Cleveland winning because if you got a quarterback that's out, who's been out, and this and the backup has has consistently gotten opportunities and has won games as a starter, quarterback is not going to be that big of a, a a missed spot because Deshaun Watson has not really been there for Cleveland. So I cannot give them. I cannot say they're going to lose because their quarterback is out. That's one of the reasons why I can't do it. Their defense is stout. They've been there. Uh, uh, the Steelers can't run the ball as good as they have been able to run the ball in the past. So I think I'm going to go just you know, you know, know, just because of that. I'm going to go with Cleveland here. At some point, it'll be time for Brandon Jacobs to admit that Dak Prescott is really good and the Cowboys right now look like a contender. They are on the road in Carolina, 11.5-point favorites. Uh, taking on the Panthers, who do have one win. Ironically enough, their one win this year was against C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. Here's what I know about the Cowboys. Maybe, just maybe, they're not going to win the big game because history tells us that they can't, especially when you got Mike McCarthy and what we've seen from him on the sidelines. But what we also know is that against inferior teams all year long, outside of the Cardinals game, they've demolished them. They waxed the Giants. They waxed the Jets. They destroyed the Patriots. They bludgeoned uh, the Rams, and last week they put a whooping on the Giants. So this is a game that I expect them to win, and I expect them to win big because the season has taught me that that's all they do this year when they face inferior teams. So I like the Cowboys minus 11.5. Same here. I've got to go with that. I, 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 I'm not going to really talk too much about it, but i got the Cowboys in this one. All right, so I'm I think, not going to do all the stuff, say all the stuff you're talking about. I'm just going <laughs> to give them the game, and that's it. And, and do it just because uh, you hate to do it. I know you hate to do it. All right. Well, um, I just don't like the Cowboys, man. But they are a good football team. They, you know, they are a good football team. Historically, has been a good football, a good football team. So that's it. It's not about the Cowboys to me. It's more about their fans. Oh, why I don't like them. I feel you. I feel you. All right. The Chargers are in Green Bay to take on the Packers. Who were, I mentioned the Steelers. They lost to the Steelers last week. Uh, Green Bay's giving three points in this game. And, and look, the Chargers last week offensively played good enough to win that football game. Their defense was an absolute mess, surrendering 41 to a really good Lions team. But uh, 41, uh, giving that up on defense, can't win that way. Uh, the Chargers the last couple weeks, last three weeks, have been rolling on offense. Put up 30 against the Bears, 27 against the Jets, 38 against the Lions. I think they continue to roll today. So I like the Chargers in this game to win minus three against the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I got to go with you that way, too. Chargers actually need this game. You know, they, they've always been in a situation where they need a game. They, they've been needing a game the last three weeks. Um, but this one, I think they definitely win. You got a, a Green Bay Packers. Uh, offense is in super turmoil. Um, they don't know which way to go. Uh, yeah, I got I to gotta go with the Chargers. All right, so it's only because we got a minute left. Let's go quickly through these games. I know Stafford's back for the Rams. They are giving a point and a half at home. I just think the Seahawks are better. So I expect Seattle to come out and win this game outright. Agree or disagree? Geno Smith, baby. Geno Smith. That, I, that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to throw you a curveball here. Uh, the, the Giants have owned the commanders of late. And we can give you all the numbers. But uh, it, it's just a team that has had 
at the commander's number. Giants 10-23-1 against the NFC East over the last five-plus seasons. Seven of those 10 wins have come against the commanders. We saw them beat them in week 7, 14-7. I don't think they win, but I don't think Washington's good enough to be getting eight and a half points against anybody. So I like the Giants plus eight and a half. Well, if that game goes the way you the, the, uh, the prediction of the numbers go, yeah, it'd be hard. But I'm going to go with the Giants just because that's my squad. Um, but we are in turmoil and in troubles. But I'm going to go with the Giants. And then tomorrow night, I like the Eagles on the road in Kansas City, plus two and a half. I, I think the Eagles uh, have found a way to win these games. Kansas City's still struggling on offense. I think we're going to get a, a fun one. But I do like the Eagles in that game. Eagles as well. I got to go with the Eagles because Patrick Mahomes isn't playing as great as he's been playing in the past. Why that is, I have no idea. But I, I got to go with the Eagles here.